right, hello everyone. Welcome back to another installment of Talk Tendo. I'm Bailey. I'm joined by Chris. Hello. It has been quite a while. You might think, what is this time gap between episode two and this current one, which will probably be episode three. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but what you don't will, know is uh, yeah. that time gap is going to be consistent for every episode of Talk Tendo. So next episode coming out in, what is it, Chris, 2024? Uh, yeah, 2025, actually. We're going to oh, do it July, okay. July 2025. We're going to do um, a celebration episode then, and then 2030 yeah. will probably be our last A celebration episode. of our third episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but in all seriousness, it has been a second since we recorded this show. So, yeah, we, we stopped after two episodes, uh, not because we didn't have more to talk about or not because we didn't want to make the show, but just life kind of got in the way. We both became pretty busy with our own things. And I think we probably set too lofty of a goal for ourselves. Like we wanted to mm. record an episode every week, every other week at least. And I think now our mindset with Talktendo is more of whenever we have something we want to talk about, recording an episode then. And I think that's going to be a lot easier and just better for us in general. Yeah, I agree. And it won't be once a year, hopefully, where we don't, where we feel oh. like talking about something. It'll <laughs> hopefully be more consistent, but we're yeah. going to treat this more as an outlet for ourselves and as a way to talk about things, Nintendo and other things. Right. We'll, we'll keep the selects in there. I think, you know, we've already brainstormed a few ideas that we're, we're pretty excited about, both related to Nintendo and not related to a Nintendo, I think the first of which, maybe I shouldn't even say this just so I don't jinx us, but we really want to make a, an episode on the Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus coming out at the end of January. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited for just seeing the direction of where Pokemon is going. So that's just one of many that we're thinking about in the near future. More things to come, so no worries. But today we want to actually do a review of 2021, talk about some of the things that were released, Nintendo and other than Nintendo, talk about some of our favorite stuff, and then maybe do some predictions for this yeah. current year in 2022. That's right. I think, you know, we'll kind of start with Nintendo games. Uh, we'll just mm. kind of go down the list of the releases in the year of 2021 and talk about if we played the games, what we thought, uh, if we didn't play the games, uh, why, and you'll probably get a pretty good sense for us along the way, I would say. Um, but yeah, let's jump right into it. So the first game that released February 12th, do you, do you know what the first game was, Chris? Yes, sir. It was Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's nice. Fury. This was a release I was really excited for um, because I, it's actually funny because around the time the Wii U dropped, I wasn't, I didn't even know the Wii U dropped. I wasn't really playing video games at the time, I guess. I'm not sure what I was doing. It was a weird age, but I actually, uh, 3D World had dropped on the Wii U like a year after or so, like that holiday season. And that game got me back into playing 
video mm. games. That was the whole really? reason why I got a Wii U. Yeah, so I was really excited for this release. Um, like most people, I had no idea what Bowser's Fury was going to be. Uh, <laughs> was it going to be something pertaining to 3D World? But nope, it was some. It was almost a completely new game. Yeah, it was a, also a very new take on the series, like just Mario in general. And and I feel like, you know, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I kind of feel like Bowser's Fury is kind of where the Mario, where we might see the Mario series go in the future, which is, I think, mm-hmm. like, I think it's going to go open world. Um, but I think Bowser's Fury is kind of like the first shot at what something like that might look like. And it definitely uh, gets me really excited for the future of Mario to say the least, but yeah, not nah, a lot of talk recently. I feel like in video games is like this whole open world, um, like, Oh, every game like would be better if it was more like breath of the wild people say, or like, Oh, this open world game is like breath of the wild and granted breath of the wild set an amazing precedent. And the more I think about it, um, I feel like pertaining to like, Mario and Zelda leaning towards this open world idea um, reminds me like reading an interview with Miyamoto mm. uh, talking about how when he was a kid, he'd play in his backyard and um, go on adventures, like, quote unquote. So and that's what he wanted Zelda to be like. Um, I'm actually tripping up right now because Miyamoto made... Zelda, right? No, Miyamoto Miyamoto made Mario too. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's the father of both Mario, the Mario series and the Zelda series. Okay, but no, yeah, he I, definitely he definitely Yeah, he definitely is. Okay, it's tripping me up because how did one person make both Zelda and Mario? I know. But <laughs> I know. A, that was the first time I've ever felt not confident in that. But yeah, when he was a kid, he would play outside and uh you can kind of see that inspiration in the first Zelda game, but I feel like Breath of the Wild and the more open world kind of like idea is always been there. Like it's nothing new to me in Moda. I feel like that's always been the end goal for what he wants uh, out of the series. That's a good point. Uh, It feels like it felt very natural, I guess for Mario kind of to that point, Um, a, a 3d open world Mario. I mean, they've kind of been making the worlds bigger and bigger and bigger every chance they get. Mm -hmm. Um, Bowser's Fury to me felt like the next step of that idea, um, with more like kind of almost smaller Mario levels in like pockets throughout the world. And I, I don't know, it feels, it felt slightly different than something like Odyssey where you might run into a town, you know, Mm -hmm. and then like you might run into, I'm thinking about the desert world in, in Odyssey, like the, there's a town and there's like the oasis and the pyramid. And there are like platforming areas like with the, um, I guess, would you call them runes or not runes? Uh, I think they're runes. Yeah, I think they're runes. Okay. Like the runes, like, you know, there's some platforming elements there, but Bowser's Fury felt like there were more platforming areas. Like, and that was basically every kind of structure you came to was its own little platforming puzzle. Anyway, it was very, uh, very fun. Of course, I picked it up day one. I was excited to jump back into 3D World. And I think both of us didn't, I I think you also did this, but at least for me, 
I took the opportunity to try to actually 100% 3D World, um, or at least get all the stickers until mm. I found out that to do that, you have to play every single level as every character in the game. Yeah, that's the point yeah. I got to. Um, when I had owned it for the Wii U, I never fully beat it. Um, so I wanted to do that this time around, as I did with, um, you know, coming with 3D World, we were coming out of the the Mario anniversary Um so I got to 100% 64 the year prior, mm-hmm. end of 2020. But yeah, I was really disappointed about that because that game gets really hard towards the end and I didn't want to do that yeah. again. <laughs> I actually, I did not beat it through all the worlds. I think I got to like the mushroom world. Um, mm. They just keep on going and going after a certain point. Um, really quality game though. One of the best in the series yeah. for sure. Absolutely. So, great release. Great to see it come back from the Wii U and get another shot on the Switch. Um, Second release was Bravely Default 2. Chris, I don't know if you played the first Bravely Default game. I have not played either of them. No, I have not. Um, Bravely Default is a game I've gotten a lot of mixed reviews on. I Really? I'm interested in in novel-looking games. Um, and I feel like, and I really love pixel art. So I feel like Bravely Default is up my alleyway, but I kept, every time I would bring up playing it, everybody I knew or like everybody who I would talk to would tell me that it wasn't really worth playing. Really? Um, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I I don't know. I actually feel the same way though. Uh, I feel like the art style drew me in and just like the artwork in general, but it, not enough to the point that I was going to pick it up. Um, and it kind of takes a special game to get me to kind of sit through a more traditional JRPG. Uh, I've definitely, some of my favorite games of all time are JRPGs, but I just don't play like every single one that comes out. So I skipped this one. Uh, you did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but next up was Monster Hunter Rise. And I have not played a Monster Hunter game but this is one that I really want to play, but I'm just kind of waiting coming to PC, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm waiting okay. until the, I think the PC version or just whenever enough friends jump into it, then I will too. But I, I feel like for my first monster hunter game and I've, I've heard this, uh, from different people, like you, it's better to go in with people that know the mechanics so that they can teach you. So I'm just kind of waiting for that. Yeah, and luckily for us, some of our close friends really love Monster Hunter. They yeah. played a lot of the last rendition of the game. Um, and they're really excited for this one to come to PC, especially with some of the DLC that's been announced, uh, like the Sonic one, which is really funny. Yeah. Uh, was this, the Sonic costume for the cats. Yeah, they get they get kind of crazy with the DLC. Um, but yeah, are you, you think you're going to jump into that, Chris, when they pick it up? Honestly, if I, I'm debating on getting a PC. So if I go through with that, I would honestly definitely play Monster Hunter. Sounds like we have some Monster Hunter in our future. So we didn't pick it up in 2021, but maybe, maybe in 2022, we'll revisit it. But this next game that Nintendo released, I picked up, I was very excited about, I don't know if you picked it up, new Pokemon Snap. This is the game I was really excited for its announcement, but I still haven't picked up. It's been really hard for me to 
think about spending the $60 on getting it. But every time I look up stuff about the game, I always want to play it because I want to take a picture of a Quagsire, you know, just some of my favorite Pokemon, like an Alolan Raichu. It just looks like a fun, fun, casual game. And I really like the original. I played it a lot as a kid. Same. I still remember the Christmas that I got Pokemon Snap. I didn't Mm. even know what it was. I, it's not like I asked for it. I'm sure my parents just saw a Pokemon and were like, he's going to like this. And I did. Um, (laughs) so I played it a ton on the N64. So it was always something that I wanted to see come back. And I, I, you know, thought to myself that the switch was the perfect platform for it. So, but I actually, interestingly enough, despite that excitement had the same issue as you did, which is, Ooh, wait, do I want to spend $60 on new Pokemon snap? Yeah. Uh, I actually didn't buy it. They won looking back and I just feel like, you know, shocked because I was so excited for a new installment in the series, but I ended up actually just, uh, you know, gaining up enough points uh, on a credit card to just buy it uh, with points. So that's kind of what I've started to do with some video games where I'm like, I know I want it, but I don't want to drop the 60 on it. Mm. I just like wait (laughs) to build up points and then get it. Um, And it, it, I just love, you know, some chill weekends when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I just want to play some Pokemon Snap. Like, yeah. it's very it chill. It seems like one of those yeah. easy pickup play for like 15 minutes or so kind of games. Yeah, just like go through a run of it. Um, and so I, I'm not terribly far, but I'm honestly treating it as a slow burn and just kind of enjoying it each time that I hop in. Not mm. necessarily trying to like, you know, speed through it or anything. So, but yeah, I love it. I think it's it's a beautiful game. It's probably one of the best looking games on the Switch. Um, and it's it's just cool to see Pokemon kind of run around in their natural environment. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I might, I, might, uh, I don't know when, but one day I'll, I'll definitely pick it up. Uh, you know, Nintendo, they don't really do price drops very often or sales. Um, <laughs> yeah. But maybe uh, I'll come across one some day. Points. Yeah. Maybe one day when it's like uh, they bring back the Nintendo Selects or something, yeah. hopefully from like the 3DS era, maybe they'll bring it back for Switch and drop everything to 20. That would be mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> but I guess Pokemon never participated in that, but we'll see. But anyway, uh, there were a few drops uh, leading up to the summer, but I feel like they weren't super interesting to either of us. So I'm just going to kind of fly through them and maybe we can talk about the ones that jump out to us. Mm. So Miitopia Shimagami Tensei three, it was a remaster yep. game builder garage and Mario golf. So, um, I guess, did you play Miitopia on the Wii U at all? No, I did not. I didn't either. Uh, just never really seemed like something that would personally interest me. Although I did play Tomodachi Life on 3DS, and that's kind of like a, a me-esque game, but never did get into Miitopia. Didn't pick it up on the Switch either. Um, Something like Miitopia, I feel like that falls in the category of games for me where it's like, this looks like it's fun, 
It looks like it would be fun to play, but I'm not really willing to drop yeah. the money for the price tag to play it. And then I just kind of end up forgetting about it, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like maybe if it was free, <laughs> I would try it yeah. out. Uh, or like if there was a demo, and there honestly might be, but yeah, feel the same way about that. I can't really justify paying 50 to 60 for me to be, unfortunately, even though it looks like it'd be fun. Definitely. Did you hear um, anything about Game Builder Garage? No, I did not, actually. This game actually is really cool. And and this just happened to come off of me uh, pursuing, kind of developing my own uh, video game in one of my last courses in college, um, it was kind of a project-based course where we recreated the first dungeon from The Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I learned all about, like, you know, just the m- mechanics that go into building a game on the back end and how all the pieces work together and fit together. Um, and then Game Builder Garage came out, and it was like, hey, here's everything you just learned in a college class, but here it is packaged for, like, a kid. And I was like, awesome. man, yeah, if this would have came out when I was a kid, oh, I would have loved it. Like, it's so cool how the, like, it's, it's basically programming from the developers at Nintendo. That's like amazing. The yeah. Mo- uh, yeah. This game, I don't know how this game fell under my radar, but looking more into this, this looks like an amazing game. Yeah, I I haven't picked it up personally, but there are a few, you know, uh, I guess elementary school, middle school kids in my life that I feel like I definitely would love to see them playing this game at some point because mm-hmm. um, I just feel like it's totally for kind of that age range, you know, just to flex your creative muscles. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like I've seen some pretty cool things online. Uh, just projects that people have made with this. Of course, people go crazy, uh, you know, with this kind of open sandbox like game. Mm-hmm. But last but not about, least, yeah, Mario Golf. I want to yeah. touch on. Um, this game is from what I've played. I don't own it personally, but I've played with you, Bailey, at your house. And my favorite part of this game is probably the costumes. And the characters that you yeah. can play as, but not every character has a costume, do they? That's true. Yeah, that's, that's the so one. disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, it's a little odd. Like Wario gets like this amazing, like Texan kind of outfit. You know what I mean? Like the Doug Dimmodome mm-hmm. guy from Fairly Odd Parents, and then yeah, I think DK has nothing. He just wears his normal tie. That's just disrespectful. But- <laughs> That's what like, I'm saying. I wanted to see DK in a in a golf costume. What the heck? Yeah, and Bowser gets pants, but DK gets nothing. That's messed up. Yeah, I don't know, but I do love D- uh, Bowser with the pants. Um, and Bobom's in it. I love Bobom. I love. I think you know he shows up in Mario sixty four, and then it's like they don't touch him like ever again. What a cool character like the bombs are almost in every iteration of mario and then there's a king of them like that's just a silly concept and then like it's not really explored too much or like he's not really in many other games but 
I I don't know. I really like King Bomb a lot. I talk about him every time I get the chance to. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool that they put him in the game. I also like that when he swings a golf club, he just does it with like one arm because <laughs> yeah, he's so, so big. He can't even reach both arms around him. Uh, but I, I like to see the different ways that the Mario characters swing their golf clubs. It's kind of yeah. funny. I feel like that's an easy way for them to world bid world build, excuse me, more in Mario is just taking some of these other characters they have from that they've already introduced and kind of like, you know, exploring those a little more. Yeah. Like invite more of those characters like to these kind of party games. And Mm -hmm. I feel like recently I kind of feel like they've been doing a little bit better of a job of that in general. Um, just kind of, I think, uh, Paulina, um, or is it Pauline? Pauline. Pauline. Okay, cool. Pauline is in this game, and I thought that was cool too. Like, yeah, they're just kind of inviting more characters. But um, I, I got the game. I played it a little bit. I, I'm more partial to just like kind of the more casual uh, motion controls of Mario Golf. Uh, me and my family members, we have more fun with that than we do with the button controls and I don't get super competitive with something like Mario Golf per se, but it was it was a good time. Uh, I guess my one critique or just kind of like something I've noticed with these Mario uh, sports games like golf and tennis, is they feel just a tiny bit cheap and rushed yeah, to me. Me too. Um, it's just like I wish they would have put just a little more into the game or polished it a little more. You know, if anything just add more than one song in the game because <laughs> like that one menu song is just the only thing that you I feel like I hear and and I don't know with a series like Mario they have so much to pull from like yeah I wish they it's, would make the music more interesting or at least varied it's a little but. frustrating um to say the least as a diehard Mario fan and a Nintendo fan just because we're able to look back on some of these um, other, like the older iterations of these party games. And a lot of them still hold up really well. The Mario golf for 64 and for GameCube still holds up a lot of the GameCube era Mario party games. Well, not like Mario party specifically, but Mario party. Yes. And like the Mario baseball Mario, the the soccer one, those games all hold up still. I've played them all pretty recently, and they're really good and really quality. And yeah, it's just that's kind of what I expected in the Switch era, but I just feel kind of rushed. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like in twenty years, are we really going to be coming back to Mario Golf Super Rush? I don't know, but like oh, Mario Golf yeah. on N sixty four, like. Yeah, you know, like those games, they just, they have more charm to them, um, kind of just more going for them in general. And I could see some of these sports games feeling a little throwaway, you know, after a few years, but mm-hmm. not to say that I didn't have some good fun with Mario Golf. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up, Skyward Sword HD. Yes, this is a game I've played, but I did not pick up this HD uh switch version because truth be told like many uh zelda fans i 
was not a he- and I was thinking about this before we started recording the podcast. I was thinking, why did I not like Skyward Sword that much? Um, and I couldn't really remember why. So maybe it's time to replay it. <laughs> oh man, this could be a whole long conversation in itself. Just the Zelda series and and the different directions that all the games have taken it in. But for me, I tried playing Skyward Sword on the Wii. But every time I would play it, I would hit my hand on something. Oh my gosh. I know. The fourth time, or the third or fourth time that it happened, I was like, I'm done with this game. And I literally never picked it up again. Um, So I know. It was such a silly thing, but I was really looking forward to the HD version on Switch just to give it another Mm -hmm. go. I was interested in the uh, button controls. But they did not work for me because you can't move the camera with the right stick without pressing another button first because the right stick by default is mapped to your sword. And that felt so janky to me. So I used the motion controls and I honestly felt like they were better than the than the Wii version. Of course, there's no sensor bar, so you have to recalibrate all the time. But I didn't find that to be to um you know bothersome and i was able to get through the entire game so i was glad that i went back and played it um i think it holds up i really enjoyed the story a lot i i wish more zelda games would go in that direction when it comes to story but Mm. obviously i am much more uh prefer the open world zelda games to the more linear format like skyward sword Mm. yeah if I can remember correctly, it just felt like the areas kind of felt too tapered off and a bit too linear of a game. And maybe it was because I was coming off of playing Wind Waker at that age in Twilight Princess, where I felt more free to explore like Hyrule yeah. or the Great Sea. But honestly, um, I would be interested in replaying Skyward Sword at some point. Yeah, well, hey, if you ever want to borrow my copy, let me know. (laughs) Will do. But uh, Well, we have spent a lot more time discussing these games than I thought we would. (laughs) So let's let's run through some of these kind of quickly. So we had Pokemon Unite, No More Heroes 3, Pokemon Evolutions, and WarioWare Get It Together. Yeah. Um, Any of these you want to talk about, Chris? Pokemon Unite is crazy to me uh, because... It feels like that game's been out a lot longer than it has. I didn't realize it only came out last July. I have not played it, but a lot of people who kind of like that genre of game style and gameplay seem to like it a lot. Uh, I see some of the characters get cool costumes, so it seems like a fun time. Um, Pokemon Evolutions is a wonderful web series, beautiful animation. Please check it out if you are a fan of animation, Pokemon, oh, yeah. both, anime, Nintendo, whatever. It's yeah. very quality. Um, every episode is different. Um, and that's it. I mean, it works very well. I hope to see more stuff like this in the future from uh, from Nintendo. Yeah, WarioWare. They, uh, oh, sorry. No, they just pulled out all the stops for Pokemon Evolutions. Like, yeah, they definitely that. It's, it's more of a show uh, than anything. So not a game, but definitely. still uh, a part of this list here. But what were you going to say about Wario? WarioWare is a game. This is another one of those games where I would be interested in picking it up, but 
I'm only like kind of half interested in it. I do like the WarioWare games I've played. Um, the thing is, I have a personal bias where I just really want a more fleshed out, like, kind of like, I want Wario to basically get his own, like, game, kind of. I think it'd be cool. I like Wario. I think he's a cool character. I think he fits in really well with Mario and Luigi and the, those cast of characters. And I think he has a unique personality that um, could be fleshed out much more. But yeah. that's nothing against Wario, where I've heard a lot of great things about this game. Yeah, will he, will he always be kind of, you know, B tier in terms of getting these kind of side games or are mm. we ever going to see a true Wario platformer or whatever the game uh, genre ends up being. I'm with you. I would love to see what they could do with this character and just kind of take it further. But it was mm. cool for all those fans waiting for the next installment of WarioWare to finally it's, get a new they game. They were definitely waiting a long time. Yeah. And almost as long. Actually, I don't know that for sure, but... <laughs> Uh, another fan base that was waiting an incredibly long time was the Metroid fan base. Yes, um, that is Metroid true. Dread came out against all odds. This game actually happened. A franchise it, that many yeah. believed was dead. And <laughs> in this game specifically, do you know the history of Dread, Chris? No, I do not. I have to be, um... I have to be honest, I haven't played Dread. I'm still wait. I'm going to play it though. I know this game is a game that would be in my top ten. I don't oh, yeah. I don't I haven't even seen any gameplay, but I've just been waiting to pick it up and I've somehow been avoiding everything. But it's, I, I, I want to hear all your opinions on it. Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think you would really like it just because that kind of 2D style. Mm -hmm. harkens back to another game that I know you're a huge fan of, uh, Smash yes. Bros. And I just kind of feel like mm -hmm. this, I mean, it feels different, of course. You're exploring kind of a big, um, kind of open 2D environments, uh, not too dissimilar to something like Hollow Knight, which mm -hmm. I know is a game that you love, uh, a Metroidvania itself. Yep. Um, but no, I, I actually... Uh, the history of Metroid Dread is kind of crazy. This game was announced, I think, 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. Oh, my god! Yeah. Did you know this, Chris? It was going to be no. the follow-up to Metroid Fusion. And what? I the one on the 3DS? Think, no. no Metroid, DS? Yeah, Metroid Fusion was actually Game Boy Advance. Wait, it was Game Boy Advance? Yeah, and they and I wow. actually, I wish that I knew exactly, but I know that it was announced... Um, as a follow-up to Metroid Fusion, and I don't remember if it was announced for the Game Boy or for the DS, um, but it basically went into development oblivion and just yeah, disappeared. What, that's insane. And it is crazy that this name, Dread, like the and it's not even just the name, but apparently like the director, the writer of the original Metroid Dread, worked with the team. I think it was Mercury Steam that developed this. I think they're um, a Spanish developer. But uh, he worked with um, this development team. So this is actually the Metroid Dread that, you know, we could have gotten 10 plus years ago actually wow. took form today. It's insane. And, oh, man, like, what can I even say about it that, you know, hasn't been said? But this, the movement, the gameplay 
so fluid. It is a joy to play. Um, I really enjoy the sections between kind of the more classic Metroid um, areas, uh, I guess environments, kind of between those environments. There are these dark and mysterious, uh, like kind of Emmy locations where these robots will chase after you um, and you have to find your way to the other side or uh, to an exit before it catches you and just evading uh, that that enemy or those enemies like was probably my favorite part of that game. Um, if not just seeing some classic bosses um, return from the Metroid franchise, I actually played all four games leading up to Dread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I bet I beat Metroid Fusion the weekend before Dread came out. Um, so it was pretty cool to see the series get wrapped up in this way. And yeah, I definitely think you should play it. Yeah, this will be my first Metroid game. Um, so it'll be interesting. You coming off of playing the four before it and me playing. That is my first one. Um, yeah. I, I might recommend a few recaps for you because um, I think walking into it with some knowledge of at least the story and, and it has a recap at the beginning. So it kind of tries to cue you into those things, but I definitely recommend trying to get a little bit of a grasp on the story, but awesome. All right. It's, it's a worthy first Metroid game for sure. All right. Mario party superstars. We've been playing this one. We have been playing this one. Listen, let me, let me paint this picture for you from my perspective. Years drop after drop of Mario Party that does not feel like Mm-mm. a Mario Party. Oh my gosh. It has been, I cannot remember the last time a Mario Party dropped that I enjoyed playing. Bro, the, for- the first one on Switch, I did not like that. It dates back even before the Switch era. I didn't like the Wii U one either. No, um, and and even the second Wii one, it was Mario Party Nine. Yeah, it was the first one that brought in that uh, car mechanic where you mm-hmm. all traveled together. Man, it wasn't it. It's been since Mario Party Eight for me. But this one is spectacular. This is this could be a definitive Mario Party game. This game is feels super polished. It has great music. It has a great cast that you can pick from. The maps are awesome. I love the stickers. Is the best thing they've ever introduced to the series. <laughs> it is. Except in Mario Party 2 when they had costumes, which I wish they brought back. But listen, that's okay. My my only complaint is the costumes. Uh, I I would love some more maps because I know they have a lot of maps to pick from, even from the GameCube era. I think for a game that is supposed to be a culmination of like all the best Mario Party games, we only have maps from the first three. I'd love to see some GameCube maps. Yeah, I was actually going to say, you know, the one thing that I want from Mario Party Superstars mm-hmm. is more Mario Party Superstars. I, yeah, I want DLC so bad. Yeah. It, but for what for what's there, I think you said it perfectly. It it's just a great culmination of all the games before it. I also love mm. the dedication and just uh, kind of 
looking back at the history of the franchise, yeah, at least for me, I've really been enjoying spending my coins on the encyclopedia pages, um, which are these kind of items you can buy at a toad shop that mm. are little blurbs about all the games, all the characters, which games they appeared in, um, the maps, and I don't know, the the history of Mario Party preserved in this way, I think is really yeah. neat as well. And I, I feel like this is a lost art uh, recently where a lot of this isn't really a remake of really of I wouldn't really call it a remake or anything, but it is like, you know, culmination it's yeah. supposed to pay heavy homage to where it came from originally. But in like remakes and stuff, you don't really get um, these kind of blurbs or like these cool kind of things where you get to read about these things. You get mm-hmm. the pictures of what the old game looked like. Something yeah. that um, you used to see in like a Kirby remake um, or a Sonic one, like in the twenty early 2010s or late 2000s. Yeah. But I'm happy to see it coming back like this. Hopefully this sets a precedent. But I'm just Absolutely. really happy with this game. Yeah, I couldn't be happier with it as well. Um, I think it also brings back some of the quintessential classics uh, in terms of mini games like Definitely. come on, bumper balls. I mean, yes, like the one when you're on on top of the the mountain rolling the snowballs. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, all the button mashing ones, like the one where you wind up the is like a flying shy guy. Yeah, or the everybody. Everybody loves the snowboard one where you have to try to do a turn as fast as you can. That one's so fun. Um, it's so simple, but so fun. I love really all the mini games they have. Yeah, I think they did a great job bringing them up. Also, uh, not to mention the game is beautiful. You know, yeah, I feel I don't I don't know for sure, but it feels like a crisp 1080p, like very mm-hmm. polished looking game very to polished. me. So it's, it's pretty cool to see the characters kind of in that very, I don't know, just HD, I, I guess from a Nintendo fan, probably for fans of other, you know, uh, game consoles, this sounds weird, but from a Nintendo fan's perspective where it feels like HD is a relatively new thing for us, um, just cause we had to wait so long for it. Like it's just cool to see these characters, uh, look so good. Yeah, definitely. Um, but what, Want to quickly go over these last two installments yeah. we have so we can do some predictions. Um, Shin Megami Tensei Five. This game, listen, I've never played a Shin Megami Tensei game. Tensei game. I'm uh, maybe th- one third into Persona Five Royal, which I still need to go back to and beat. But hey, it says take your time, so I'm gonna take my time. This game would definitely be the game that gets me to play Shin Megami Tensei, though. It it looks really fun. Um, every time I see peep fans of the game post screen caps or whatever, it, I'm just intrigued. I'm like, oh, well, like this background, like what is this environment they're in? It looks cool. Like this main character looks cool. I like, I don't know. It just looks, it looks cool. Just to yeah, sum I agree. it up. Yeah, no, that, that sums it up well. I'm, I'm with you in the camp of needing to beat Persona 5 first. Yeah. So I feel you there. Yeah, I can't pick up another... Uh, one hour plus game <laughs> at the no. moment. Nope, me neither. <laughs> uh, but 
Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. This was my most anticipated game for the really? year. Okay. Yes. Uh, since the Pokemon Direct the year prior, I have been waiting patiently for this game to come out. Um, Diamond and Pearl were... Those were my favorite games um, and Platinum growing up. I had over 500 hours in Diamond. Oh that my gosh. The, that was the game I had wow. the most hours in up until I started playing Smash Brothers in college. Um, and yeah, I just spent a lot of time with those games. I love them. I know um, in retrospect, this generation has a lot of mixed reviews um, from fans and this this drop in particular has a lot of controversy as well. Um, some saying it's too faithful and other things of the sort. Um, I really enjoyed yeah. this game. Um, after having played it and hearing some of the criticisms, I would tend to agree that just, I'll just list a few things like we have access to all this poke, all these Pokemon in this game. How come we still only go through the same, like, two or three in each route area i agree mm -hmm. with that and yeah how come we can't have the non-random encounters we have them in the underground but just things like that um overall though if you want a faithful remake this certainly is one and i still enjoyed it i still had a really good time playing it i'll probably play more of it mm -hmm. yeah i appreciate that they at least kind of because you want to make a Pokemon game for every fan. And I feel like yeah. this Pokemon game kind of meets the fans like you and some of our friends who are looking for that more faithful Pokemon experience, who were let down by Pokemon Let's Go, um, wanted something that felt more classic, like what they grew up with. So mm. in that way, I think Diamond and Pearl, uh, these remakes were a nice way to, to meet that fan um, specifically uh, for me I did not pick up Diamond and Pearl uh, the last few Pokemon games I've played being the last two on Switch um, yeah. I didn't get all the way through uh, I just I feel just slightly fatigued by the Pokemon formula uh, not that mm -hmm. I don't my, my love for Pokemon in the series has not waned but I just needed a little bit of a break so for me uh, I did play, uh, I had Pearl when I was growing up, loved it to death. But for me, you know, just not not quite the timing to jump into a Pokemon game, but it's definitely on my radar. I might pick it up at some point. Yeah, definitely. But, but okay, that, yeah. that wraps up uh, all of Nintendo kind of for 2021. Um we spent a lot longer than I thought we would on that, but it seems like we had <laughs> yeah. more to say than I even anticipated. Not Honestly, thing, so even more that I think we could say even more about a lot of these games, but I think yeah. we'll have to have follow-up uh, podcasts for those. Um, definitely. Like, definitely more to say about the Pokemon series, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, I kind of thought, you know, I might run down a few non-Nintendo games that I played this year, but again... Feeling like we pretty well covered, uh, you know, 2021 in the in terms of Nintendo. And I think maybe another podcast where we talk about just some of our favorite games in general might be a better place for those non-Nintendo games. There were definitely 
some fantastic games that I played this year that I'd love to talk about. But yeah, I'm feeling like jumping into the 2022 predictions. I don't know about you. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to start us off? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Where to begin? So as I was thinking about 2022 for, for Nintendo, you know, I've looked, I've, I've seen some predictions before and, and just kind of making my own predictions as I go along. I've always kind of felt like when I sat down to really write out a prediction for the year, that wouldn't be too hard. You know, I kind of was like, eh, that'll be pretty easy. Um, I think I could predict Nintendo pretty well. You know, I followed them for a long time. This was a lot harder than I expected it to be. Um, When you really, I I don't know if you went this far with it, Chris, but I actually like broke some games down by month. Like I was like, okay, this one's going to release in this month. This one's going to release in this month and trying to line it up to where it makes sense in conjunction with everything else, you know, is coming out is actually a lot harder than I anticipated, you know, because you don't want to put like two RPGs right next to each other. You know, you don't want to put like a Zelda game right in front of another Zelda game. Like that doesn't make sense. Um, Or at least you would expect Nintendo not to do something like that. But we know Nintendo is kind of, you know, in their own little world. So not that they couldn't pull a stunt like that. But yeah, all of that to say, this was a little harder than than I expected expected it to be. But I did write a few. So I guess firstly, I guess I'll start with what we know. So we know Pokemon Legends Arceus is, you know, January. We -hmm. actually know Project, and actually it's not Project anymore. Triangle Strategy is in March. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also know that Kirby, Splatoon 3, Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, um, and Bayonetta, Bayonetta 3, and Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, that was a lot of them, um, are at least slated for this year. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm feeling like Kirby is that quintessential spring game. It feels like a May. I agree too, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like that May time slot for sure for Kirby. April or May for me, yeah. Yeah. Splatoon, it has before released in July. So I put it in July again. Me too. It feels like a summer game. There you go. We're, we're two for two then. <laughs> um, hopefully we're not completely off off the money. Um, mm-hmm. But then Mario plus Rabbid Sparks of Hope, I put in September. I do think it's going to release this year. And yeah, I feel I think... like go on. Yeah, that early fall time frame seems to make sense in my head. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like a an end of summer wind down kind of game, beginning of fall. Um, and Bayonetta 3 feels like a, a fall drop for me, or like October. You know, just Bayonetta, she's a witch, and it just kind of feels like, I don't know, it just makes sense to me. <laughs> That's funny, because I literally put Bayonetta 3 in October as well, um, <laughs> for that same exact reason. So, Nintendo, here's free marketing for you. If it yeah. wasn't obvious already, put the witch in the Halloween month. Yeah. And uh, no, I think Mario plus Rabbids, the first one came out around that early fall timeframe for mm. the first game. So yeah, it kind of makes sense for me here as well. In agreement with you that I do think Bayonetta three will hit this year. That was a question mark in my head, but I think it's going to, I think it's going to make it to 2022. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. But and that's a game I'm I've never played a Bayonetta game, but that's a game I re- I really want to pick up. And I think I'll make same, the time for. Same. I've never played a Bayonetta game either, but I'm pretty sure this one's done by Platinum, and I love uh, the Near series, so I definitely mm-hmm. want to jump into anything else that Platinum creates. Do we talk about some of our uh, non-confirmed games now? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to kick us off? Um, yes. I want to pull up some of the already rumored games. Yeah, because you you texted me the other day about a leak that you had found, right? Yes, one of the... Um, I'm not on Twitter as of right now, and I actually did not know about like Nintendo Leaks Twitter until recently. Um, just watching some videos, but how about I quickly go through some of these rumors and we could talk about them a little yeah, bit. Let's do it. So there's a rumored Metroid prime one remaster mm-hmm. or remake. Yep. There's I've a heard that new one. 2d donkey Kong, um, mm-hmm. in the works, possibly another fire emblem remake. Oh, really? Um, I didn't yeah. hear about that one. Um, I'm not sure. Well, no one's really sure which one it would be. But last year, they was it last year? They did the first Fire Emblem remake or remaster. Oh, yeah. Um, like the very... Like from Marth. They, they, it wasn't like a remake. I think they just ported it to the Switch, okay. I think. Some other things that were uh, thought to be um, or rumored to be dropped is a Legend of Zelda, Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages. Mm-hmm. Um remake done by the same company that made the Link's Awakening game and then right. another uh like remake or remaster of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Bro, I yeah. need this. I need Wind Waker on Switch. I want to play it yeah. again so bad. <laughs> Me too. Man, that would be amazing. But I think um this year's kind of weird because we're not a lot of the things that have been obstacles for Nintendo since the pandemic uh, for most companies has been global supply chain. And I feel like that's messed up a lot of things and how they work. Um, a lot of fans are upset about how Nintendo kind of handled Zelda's 35th anniversary last yeah. year. Um, they It just kind of swept it under the rug, which didn't really make a lot of sense. Um you know, because Zelda is their one yeah. of their biggest franchises next to Mario. <laughs> especially, yeah, especially when they rolled out the red carpet for Mario and did like a whole direct for him, and you know he yeah. got his own little remake trilogy game come out. Yeah, and then nothing for Zelda that hurt. I feel like <laughs> they they just I don't feel like they did that because they wanted to. This is the same company that gave Luigi his own year, but. <laughs> Um, I think so you think it had something of, to do with the uh, the supply issues, just kind of the yeah, and how they work? Because um, knowing Nintendo, I, I just don't feel like they would. They tend to. I feel like they tend to just not talk about stuff rather than saying, "Oh, you might expect this, but this is what's going on." You know what I mean? Yeah, they just kind of leave us in the dark, so to speak. Yeah. Like they're not going to be like, "Hey, guys, like." Sorry, we wanted to do something for Zelda, but like, uh, it's tough out here. <laughs> they're not going to say something mm. like that. Um, you know, they're just going to kind of sweep over it. Um, 
and move on. Any are there any other um off that list, Chris? Let me look again. I know I'm missing. Wait, what about sure. um, Mario Kart? Wasn't wasn't it? A oh part of that yes, league? the rumored Mario Kart. This is what people have mostly been talking about. I can't believe yeah. that. Um, so it was rumored that Mario, the next Mario Kart, Mario Kart Nine, will just title it that. Sure, uh, is actually going to be like a Smash Brothers kind of cast, where it's not just Mario characters but it'll be like more encompassing of Nintendo characters. And um, they're trying to, it seems like they're just going to try to change the formula to be more like Nintendo cart. I don't think they would name it Nintendo cart. That, Cause that's weird. Yeah. They never yeah. put their own name in a game title before, but um, yeah, this would be, I have a lot of thoughts about this. It'd be really interesting. I feel like this is very plausible, especially towards the end of Mario Kart 8's, um, DLC characters we had Isabel and Villager, we had Link. Mm-hmm. Um you know, those yeah. aren't typical Mario Kart characters, so it felt like they were already kind of pushing in that direction with the DLC yeah. for Mario Kart 8. Um and actually I heard something today that was kind of interesting that this game might actually be Mario Kart 10 if you mm. consider the Mario Kart game on the cell phones as Mario oh, Kart 9. Right. Um so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But to your point, uh, I think I think that's a safe bet. I feel like I also saw, you know, kind of a lot of reporting that they're going to shake up the series in some major way. I think that in and of itself would be a big shakeup. But I think if you're going to add all these historic Nintendo characters, you need to do a little more to make them feel unique to play. Inst- maybe even instead of like item boxes... Uh, each character has their own move with like a cooldown or something like to mm. make it more like om- almost Smash Brothers in that way where every character isn't just representing its series and in, in being in the game, but also its move set is representative of the series in some way. I feel yeah. like that could be another big shakeup. I don't know. I feel like if you're putting all these characters, you might as well make them represent their series as much as you can no i totally agree they can definitely take it down a few different avenues i could i could certainly see there being something like paying homage to double dash where if you do a certain like pick a if you did a certain combination of characters you get like a special item uh like if you picked the koopa troopa and the para koopa troopa they had like their special item was like green shells and red shells um, like Martin Luigi, they got like mushrooms, I think, and stuff like that. So if you had like Link or I'm trying to think like maybe Inkling, maybe you could do something where they get like, maybe Inkling gets a splatter bomb. Yeah. Maybe Link has um, like one of his arrows or one of the bombs. And maybe you I would could, love like, to see something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe you could uh, throw one of those square bombs from breath of the wild and then you could like detonate it whenever you wanted during the oh, round. That would be cool. That'd be, that'd be interesting. Right. But <laughs> you're like, you're just watching the map until the person comes, drives by that you want to uh, target or whatever. Yeah. No, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. And I, I also feel like, you know, maybe they do keep the mystery boxes. Cause I, I feel like, to me, it's hard to picture Mario Kart without them. 
But yeah. maybe it's like, yeah, there's a bomb item, but for every character, they have a bomb that represents their series. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like every character has a series that's been explored enough that they would have different projectiles like that, that they could use. Um, yeah. I think, I feel like it would be cool if they fleshed out more of it being like a fighter cart game. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That would but, be pretty cool. But do you think this would come, like, do you think we're going to hear about this this year? Do you think it's going to be something we hear about next year, release next year? Like, what are you feeling about the next Mario Kart game? I can see it going one of two ways. I feel like either way, it will be announced at E3. Really? Um, mm-hmm. And then All it'll right. either I hope be, so. <laughs> I think it'll be like their fall release, maybe. You think it's going to come out this year? Well, I could see it going that way, or they announce it at E3, and then they say it's a spring 2023 game, and then we're like, I think 2023 will be like maybe the last year of the Switch, and then 2023 is like late enough for... Either way, it's going to be also on whatever is after the Switch Yeah, for Nintendo, as like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was for Switch as opposed to Mario Kart 8 on Wii U, but... That is actually what I was about to say as well. I feel like they definitely want another Mario Kart 8 Deluxe situation Mm -hmm. where they release it on whatever the next console is so that it can just rack up sales throughout the course of the life because I feel like at this point, every Nintendo console needs its Mario Kart. It's kind of like the Mm -hmm. bread and butter. The first game that a lot of families or just kind of even individual gamers pick up um, mm. for the switch it's like a classic must-have yeah so to me it's kind of one of the highlights of owning the system it is I mean. actually yeah and it's the top selling game too by a wide margin on the switch I believe that and it's literally a game from 2013 on the wii u so, so insane to me so it it would not shock me in the slightest if nintendo's waited for the next Mario Kart game to give Mm -hmm. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe enough time to just sell as many copies as they can so they're not cannibalizing those sales at all but then they're going to drop it right at the end and they're going to make it cross-platform with the next one. Um, Yeah. Yeah, totally feel like that's what's going to happen. But for me, I actually put no Mario Kart for this year. I don't think we're going to see it. Um, If we do see it, I think maybe at the end of the year um, but I think it's definitely a 2023 in my mind, but I'd love to be, right. I'd love for that to be wrong, <laughs> but yeah. another prediction that I had for 2022 was Pokemon. Let's go gen two. Um, mm, yeah, that was one I was forgetting about. Yeah. I think you brought this up and I was like, that makes a lot of sense because I could see the Pokemon. It feels like Pokemon from here until the end of time is going to have a Pokemon game release in November. And I feel mm. like what they're kind of building up to is this like, let's go next generation of Pokemon uh, classic remake. Let's go, you know, and then just repeat mm. the cycle. Um, I can see that happening or yeah, that might I, at least mm-hmm. be the cycle again this year or this. Yeah. This year. And so I think that's going to be the November kind of holiday release like it always is for Pokemon. Um, But I'm really excited in particular for a Gen 2 Let's Go. I hope that's true because it's a generation that 
I love the designs of all the Pokemon, but I've never actually played any of the games. So yeah. I'm really excited to kind of dive into that generation. Generation two is one of my favorites. So I didn't pick up the first Let's Go because I was annoyed at the concept of it. But now after, you know, everything's kind of settled, I'm more open to playing it. It looks fun. Like it looks good to me now. So if they dropped another Let's Go, I would definitely pick it up, especially for generation two. I think it'd be cool. Absolutely. So for me, you know, I also feel like, so, so here's the elephant in the room. Zelda. And I, I know we got to wrap yep. up in a few minutes here, um, but we got to talk about this. Yeah, we got to uh, talk about Before we sign this. off, is Breath of the Wild 2 a 2022 game? What do you think, Chris? Absolutely. I will be playing Breath of the Wild 2 this Christmas, this year. Really? Okay. <laughs> I really think so. Okay. I, think I, I hope it. so. I, I hope actually, so, so bad. I actually think they wanted to release it um, last year with the anniversary. But because yeah. of the things from the pandemic, they had to move everything a year forward. Ultimately, I think moving uh, or elongating the Switch's life cycle by a year as well. Um, I think you're right on that. But for me, because I could have totally seen them working towards that 35th anniversary reveal. Yeah. For me... I feel like it's going to fall. I feel like it's going to fall to spring 2023. And only because, to me, Zelda does not need a holiday release. You can release Zelda in any month, on any day, and there's going to be a line outside of every store because this game, this series, it doesn't need a push in the holiday season. And I feel like Nintendo, as a business is they got to be aware of that. And to me, I feel like a strong single player game like that is a spring release. And I don't think it's going to be this spring. So for me, I think it's going to fall. But I think the Zelda remakes of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are going to take the place of it um, early fall. That's what I think. So my thought process was that I don't think this year we'll get the if we do get the um, rumored Oracle of Ages and Seasons, we won't get that this year. I think we'll get it in 2023, but it'll be announced this year. And yeah, if that game is real, I feel like they're going to hold it for a while, even if it's ready, because I think mm-hmm. it could conceivably be ready. But you, you don't want to have too many in a row or you risk a Zelda fan feeling like, oh, which Zelda game do I get? There's it's actually true. so many. Um, you know, all, and yeah. I, I feel like they usually kind of spread it out. Yeah, you you might be right. Um, also, I just remembered that the Mario movie is supposed to drop this winter. Oh my um, gosh, I forgot about that. Like this Wait, Christmas season. So, are we gonna see a Mario game instead? Because that was the weird thing. That's what I'm thinking, huh? That they that might was... want to do that. Oh wait, no, we do have Mario plus Rabbids. At first, I was like, wait, is there not a Mario game this year? Because there's at least at least one Mario game, like whether it's a spinoff yeah. or whatnot every year, it feels like. So no, there is a Mario game, but yeah, that's a good point too. I wonder if that could influence anything. Well, that about wraps it up for our predictions. We definitely talked yeah. for way longer than I thought we were going to on mm-hmm. everything 2021, everything 2022. I feel like we totally could have broke this episode into two episodes and, Spent the whole time talking about 
uh, each of them, but uh, this was efficient and we got a lot uh, more exciting episodes to cover. So I'm glad we have yes, our we do. predictions out there and I'm excited to see what we might get right and what might surprise us. Yep. What a great episode. I'm so happy we're back and thank Me you too. all for listening. If you made it here, you were absolutely amazing and please um you know stick with us as we will continue to release more at a more consistent pace yeah we'll see you next time